0: 16 minutes it is after 8pm you tuned in to the shop steward's corner which we bring to you every monday taking a look at what's happening in the lives of working people and yeah in the lives of working people who work in the public service uh, who are employed by the government. Uh, it seems a lot is happening. And to tell us a bit more about what's happening in the collective bargaining chambers of uh, the public service, I'm joined by the General Secretary of Satu and uh, one of the uh, key and lead negotiators uh, for Kosatu affiliated unions at the PSCBC, and that's Mukwena Maluleka. Uh, GS Minjan. Thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening. And I want us maybe to start off, uh, I guess, with some of the developments that have happened. You saw some of your counterparts, PSA, leaving the facilitated process, uh, which we understand the ILO had gotten involved in as well. You remained in that process. And it seems a lot has happened over the weekend. What happened on the weekend? We saw reports of 1.5% and all manner of other things. What happened?
1: Uh, Let me thank you for the opportunity, indeed, and uh, for the the question. Um, Yes, since uh, the 23rd of April, we we launched that particular deadlock. That led to this weekend the government on Saturday uh, responding uh, to three of our main uh, demands on Saturday. Uh, Basically, uh, responding to the occupational and health and safety. They also responded to non-compliance and implementation of resolutions and the collective agreement which has really caused the problem with the trust deficit that we are experiencing uh, you know negotiations with uh, bonga needs um, um, accuracy it needs integrity and mm. also it needs trust uh, where there's no trust uh, then you cannot even trust the information you receive mm. so therefore they brought those kind of things and, and so we're dealing with them to the including how we can take uh, other processes forward in the form of uh, some kind of a seminar. Then on Sunday, they then um, presented their revised offer. You would remember that in the budget, for the next three years, the government has adopted a budget that there will be no single increase in Mm. the public service. So they then came back after uh, facilitation has really pushed them um, to, to, to revise the offer by... Um, saying that there will be 1.5% which is pensionable, uh, meaning it will improve the, the the notches, which we call notches, basically, in, in public service, uh, by 1.5%. Um, and uh, then they will also give each and every employee who was in employment by the 1st of April 2021 a, a, a cash graduate on a monthly basis over a period of 12 months, retrospectively, on the 1st of April 2021 of 978 rent. So those were <clears throat> some of the things that really that happened over this particular weekend. We are taking this particular collective agreement back to our principals who are our members who will then express a view. We as the negotiators, our job is really to mm. sit in the kitchen and get to be banned.
0: Sure. So, so to be clear, you are now, I guess you've received the... Uh, the offer on the table, you are now going back to your members to go and get a mandate on how you then proceed.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, That is the correct procedure. That once we have received an offer, uh, we then have to take it to our members because then they have to be explained what the offer is all about and how they view the offer, how they feel about the offer. And they look at all the other uh, circumstances on whether we're bringing another Additional uh, like housing or medical or all those things. So, yes, that's what the process is going to be embarked upon for a few days, mm. where then the unions in COSATU and I want to believe all the other unions that are in facilitation will be undergoing that kind of a process. Very, very critical uh, a period mm. so that uh, we hear the members and then how they. Uh, they will then respond to this particular
0: offer. Okay. GS, I want you to hold the line there for me for a second while we'll quickly take a look at uh, uh, what's happening uh, in the marketplace. Uh, take a spot Thank break you. and then we'll come back. And uh, when we come back, I want us uh, to maybe just talk briefly about, um, and I don't know what you can share, but I mean, when we talk about this facilitated process, what does that involve? And then also, um, I guess, uh, in, line of, in light of uh, what is put on the table and how far that is from your opening demand, uh, what uh, potentially could be some of the next steps here. We'll continue after this. 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's the Shop Stewart's Corner here on Metro FM Talk, and I'm in conversation with the General Secretary of the South African Democratic Teachers Union and one of the lead negotiators for the crosatu uh, affiliated unions at the uh, Public Sector Coordinating Bargaining Council, uh, Mogwena Maluleke, and uh, we're talking about the latest developments on that score. And uh, GSU were saying before we went to the break that your task now is to take this new offer back to your members um, and get some perspective on it. Now, uh, I guess that's that's that for that. Uh, I'm quite interested in, in, in your assessment now uh, of where this offer is, and, and you can say this, I guess, in your capacity as a member if, if you're allowed to do that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, where this offer is in line with where your opening offer had been, which is, I think, around CPI plus three or four, somewhere there. Uh, What do you make of this? And uh, I guess, what do you make of this gratuity uh, as a potential sweetener in this new deal?
1: Well, I must say that uh, we start the negotiation, obviously, with what we call an opening demand. Mm. And that demand then gets to be mediated uh, by the members from time to time, because sometimes they give us what they call a rock bottom. So in these instances, I'm not able to say how uh, close it is from there because they haven't given us a rock bottom because this is the initial offer which we need to uh, take back to the members and say, how do we respond to this particular mm. offer that is there? But taking into account the fact that indeed uh, it has been very difficult to push employer to where it is today where they were giving a zero percent So then we explain to the members and then they will then be able to say that. So as an ordinary member myself would be that um, I have to be led by the majority who will be saying uh, this offer, uh, can you compromise on one, two, three and so forth. So therefore we'll then be uh, dealing with uh, that kind of, uh, of uh, to and fro, basically. That's why the facilitation process is for that matter. Mm. It, it, it's about a mediated process where um, because of the trust deficit that uh, exists, then uh, the, the the facilitators will then be, uh, you know, um, moving between the two parties mm. and uh, showing the two parties the importance of really opening up and, and, and being able to appreciate the situation that uh, um, the workers find themselves, Mm. the public that we are serving in particular, uh, are facing, and therefore why it's important for us to be able to serve the public and therefore be able to take care of our workers. Mm. So, yeah, I am not able to say how close it is that our negotiators are working on what we call computation, where you then compare uh, level by level Mm. and say, should this particular level have received a particular percentage after we shall have not been able to receive a 7%, what would this particular uh, graduate take them to? And what would this particular 1.5% take to? So you look level by level, and therefore Mm -hmm. they are busy tonight working on that, what we call scales. And those scales are then going to be able to show us whether some of the workers have received more than what we might have demanded, and some might have received less, but depending on where they are. And therefore, what other benefits are there to then begin to do what you call the trade-offs mm. and, and mitigating factors that we're still working on, like your government employee housing scheme. So I, I'm, I'm not able to be able to can give you the concrete figures because the negotiators are still working okay, sure. on with that particular computation in terms of comparing mm. what would have been an ideal situation and what we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah. One of the critical elements of of, uh, what I understand to be the negotiating position of some of the public sector unions is the eradication of some of the lower sort of salary scales or salary levels within the public service. I think it was one to four. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, And that already then indicates that, you know, you're looking for a minimum wage for public sector workers to be something over around 13,000 or somewhere there. Um, I think at last count, if, if we sort of take a look at some of the scales that DPSA put out, I think, sometime last year. Um, what implications do you think this is going to have? I mean, a lot of people have suggested, we even saw a member's bill in parliament from the DA, you know, saying we need to run a primary surplus. We need to keep debt to GDP at 50 to 55. And the mechanism for that is, you know, to contain compensation of public sector workers. It's one of the main things that they've put in the bill. How do you make sense of all of this? Um, on the one hand, you're saying you want entry-level wages to start at a much higher level. There's the EPWP on the other end, which is doing its own thing in sort of bringing down a lot of those wages. And then you have this member's bill from the DA, which in effect is saying all of our debt sustainability rests on what you as workers uh, in effect earn.
1: Uh, let's start with the bail by, by, by the DAI, because mm. basically that is what we see all over the world. Uh, where neoliberal policies basically, uh, would, I uh, target workers as ending as being the problem of what we are going through now. Uh, look, I must say that uh, the, the whole world is experiencing an economic problem. And this economic problem was not able to be resuscitated since the um, the, the, the the financial crisis or the crash of 2008-2009. We were worse off than the other countries that are well off because we are a developing country, and therefore adopting those neoliberal policies that are being advanced in that particular bill. But obviously, are even advanced by the governing by, by, by the governing party itself it is that you need to really... deal with the workers in such a way that they end up not being able uh, to support their families, because that is what neoliberalism is about. It's just, it's just that it needs you to be able to be shown that you are a chaff, you know? No chaff. You know, mm. that like, mm. you know when, when I used to be working in the farms, uh, when we're dealing with the, the, the tobacco, mm. so we will then be able to say, let's have the better uh, leaves go and pack them because they're going to be um, um, exported, and that the chaff will then be put aside and said this will be taken by the locals, okay? Mm-hmm. So so so, so neoliberalism, neoliberal policies basically regard workers as the chaffs. Why? Because it says, look, if you don't take this that we're giving you, please, you can pack and go. If we make you to work in an environment where you get so stressed, because uh, where you are working, there's supposed to be six people working, but you work alone. So if you die, there's no problem because basically you are in abundance. So we'll go and take another chaff and put it here. Mm. That's what basically the neoliberal bill of the DA is saying because it blames everything on compensation. It never blames anything. Corruption is the one that has caused our economy not to grow. So corruption gives birth uh, to a confidence problem Mm. by investors who say we cannot go and invest in South Africa, so the economy cannot grow because there is corruption. Then, because there's corruption, then the economy starts contracting and not growing, and that is what... Then they come back and say, no, 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 but the compensation is a problem. They don't look at the fact that uh, um, already the public servants are carrying a heavy load in terms of work that they're doing. Look at the police. The ratio is so bad. If you look at the nurses, the ratio is so bad. Um, look at the private schools compare with the public schools in terms of the number of class, number of learners in the classes, and that teacher will teach eight learners and and really improvise. Mm. And then you still say no, no, but you're not doing your best. We can take those things. So it it is a problem that we are sure. facing, and it's a global problem because it's an onslaught on the workers everywhere, freezing of salaries. It's not a South African phenomenon only you know in May uh, Australia one of the richest country in terms of minerals and everything started the UK then said we are following Italy said we are following Germany one of the strongest European economy also says we're starting to freeze the salaries why because the workers if they don't fight in a capitalist system will always be trampled upon and it's up to the workers to be united in order to defeat these particular neoliberal policies that are informed by profit making and not really taking care Mm. of the services that the people are rendering, not taking care of the motivation and the moral of of the workers that are rendering Mm. those particular services because they are being regarded as the chaff, they are being regarded as the cause of all these particular problems so the compensation in South Africa shouldn't be a problem if we're able to deal with uh, uh, the corruption that the the government has left uh, to become part of their DNA, part of their dinner when they eat, they are eating corruption
0: GS, last question on my end before we let you go, and I guess it's something I touched on with my previous guest uh, in our market wrap. Uh, This question of performance slash productivity in relation to the pay structure. We saw the budget review, I don't think it was this year, I think it was last year sometime, saying that there's been a massive rise from around 100 and something billion to just over 518 billion in the public sector wage bill. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that hasn't been met with productivity and i was asking my guest you know how do we define that productivity because there's all manner of question marks around Mm -hmm. you know attribution i mean you in the education sector uh who is responsible for the infrastructure or the tools of the trade that you need to operate um and where do you attribute performance both good or bad in a context where there's all of these different responsibilities what is the view of yourselves as teachers nurses you know uh, a police woman and many others uh, around this question of productivity, question of performance, uh, and and how that makes its way into the collective bargaining framework. Well, we
1: we'll have begin to hear that language being spoken uh, very briefly uh, by the, the minister about the fact that uh, uh, there should be this zero zero <laughs> zero based budgeting. Means that uh, you will own the budget for the essentials, and one of the non essentials is that the people who are working in government is because they're not productive. Okay, let's take this, let's, let's pause for a moment. Take uh, uh, your eyes, and then you say you go into Makapanstad, <clears throat> and when you are in Makapanstad, you find a school that has got cracks that is leaking, uh, but the teacher goes to that particular school and produces a science teacher, a science learner. And that particular science then becomes a doctor or becomes an engineer. How did we make it if there was no productivity for you to be teaching in a school that has got no laboratory, Mm. teaching in a school that has got no library, teaching in a school that has got absolutely no tools of trade, okay, to enable you to do your best, but you still produce um, those particular mathematics and, and many specialists in languages. Why? You know, the teachers sleep at the school now. 8 o'clock in just school year, the learners are just walking back home together with their parents and their teachers because they work from 8 o'clock in the morning, they break at 4 o'clock, they come back at 6 mm. o'clock, they have another two hours. Friday they sleep in the school, Saturday they sleep, they go back home on Sunday. That's how they produce the results. So I don't know if that is not performance. I don't know if that is not productivity. Now, how do you expect a nest Who is working in a hospital where you need at least about three people to be able to look after a a a person who is going going to give birth, and hence, hence the department is paying millions and millions because then they are being sued because there are ten points that you are supposed to follow as a midwifery in the hospital, but you cannot do that alone. But I can tell you, these particular nurses, they do their best. And that's why they are burning out that's why they're suffering from anxiety and depression and i don't know what is that because you can't be productive if you are not given the tools you can't be productive if you are not given the support that you are supposed to be getting and this is the dialogue that we have got to be dialoguing about today and say who does not want to be productive who doesn't want to perform you no know, teachers get sick just for a simple reasons that now the learners are rotating. And because the learners are rotating, they get sick on the basis that they are saying, this learner is not going to make it. So it becomes so attached because they deal with social relations. So they are attached to their learners. They get sick, they are hospitalized now. Mm. On the basis they are crying that their learners are going to fail because they are not able to be productive because they don't have the gadgets and then they don't have big classes to accommodate all the learners in the Other schools are able to bring all the learners. So you can imagine if a learner attends once a week. Once a week. Next week when they come, they're forgotten. You must start afresh. Mm. That causes burnout. Sure. That causes demotivation. So um so the problem is that we are regarded as chaff so if you are a chaff you are going to be fed uh to those that can eat you mm, mm,
0: mm. what's what's chaffing song are there uh,
1: yeah <laughs> it's yeah, yeah yeah
0: so that, yeah what's chaff there in song so that at least i can add to to dictionary <laughs> <I mean?
1: laughs> The beans. Okay. Let it be allowed The ones that you know you call that moeshu in, 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 in yes, Kosa. Yes. They yeah, yeah. they use it for moeshu. Mm. So itinya owa ishitoonga. So luguti pepper. Tinya owa tetavu ya lathele and then leaves some 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 kamba ya kwan. So we are lathele. Let's say we tanakuru each half. So it's of a man You are just a simple leaf that will then be blown by the wind. Mm. So you don't have to be worried. About you, because anyway, after spring the weed, the the tree will grow other leaves. So the other leaves that are gone, don't worry about them anyway. They are in abundance; they'll come back. So it's so only no, the spritanaftar, not manga. The end na the pepper. Hello, okay. Pepper at manga. Hello, the manga. The tabuyal at and then the suatia. The sun suwe at hello. Barosuna sma ibaswita na mungu ok, we <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> okay. ah, uh, we'll have to leave it there.
0: thank you so much. cheers, yes, thank you that there's the General Secretary of Asatu and also one of the key negotiators for the Kosatu affiliated public sector unions who are at the Public Sector Coordinating Bargaining Council. And it seems... But uh, we'll be watching that closely. And when the negotiators get their mandate back from their members, uh, yeah, the fireworks are set to continue, it seems.